What's going on? Uh, I have a question for you. Sure. What's the worst job that you've ever had to, you know, hold? Like, what's your what's your worst experience, or or what is one of your worst experiences? Um, I would have to say when I got a part time job as a concrete sample tester like testing <laughs> testing the stress of concrete samples in like a big garage it was it was testing awful. but testing the the sturdiness the of of, yeah. of where so you're just like beating the shit out of it for mm-hmm. like to see if, yeah uh, that would not be that would not be uh that sounds like it would be a stressful uh a great way to like re- relieve stress yeah not when you're like 19 or 20 <laughs> Then it's just a drag, man. All the rage. Yeah, because that's all you're doing all day is just breaking right. up concrete. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, I could tell you, I think that it was construction based for me, too. I spent a summer. Uh, what what I thought was going to be painting fences, but what it ended up being really was installing fences, Ooh. Uh, like residential fences, like yeah. anywhere from wood to, you know, the wire to the you know all kinds of stuff right and so just 60 days of that you know was yeah it was brutal in the summer you know in the south enough, you know enough, so yeah enough was I enough mean, it was it was yeah i was like i uh i, I don't want to do this yeah <laughs> i see i i see you've got your uh your fall beards coming in Yes, well, it's yeah, it's that time of year, right? Where yeah. and you're doing Mine's, the same, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Some somebody, one of the young people at work asked me. They said, "Are you doing beard vimber or something like that?" And I was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just lazy." Beard vimber? Is it like beard vimber? Or yeah, milk? there's all there's all kinds of uh, of uh, of events that take place, um, mostly over the socials, right uh, through November. Um, uh, there's lots of all kinds of hashtags and social media things that you can follow through. Yeah, through November, Jeff. Yes, yes, yes. Well, also happy Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I guess this uh, this will end up uh, uh, coming out uh, around that time, right? Yeah. yeah are you Are you guys going anywhere? Are you you staying in town? Are you going anywhere? Uh, heading down to the folks, see what's happening. You know, eat up on some mashed potatoes and dressing. Yeah. Can't gonna go watch wrong. the Iron Bowl. Gonna watch the Iron Bowl. Right. Gonna watch the Iron Bowl for what it's worth. Yeah. 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 I don't think it'll should. be much of a game, but yeah, it should know. be over in five minutes. Yeah, you guys will be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you guys will be fine. Oh. Be just fine yeah i well so i start so the movies this week just had me start it started me thinking about previous employment right yeah like yes yes like like jobs that i've had to do jobs that i would never do just right you know so that's that's where that's that's where my head was at yes and this week our theme is uh contract killers So it's an interesting choice uh, of jobs. Uh, we're lonely PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hazy's Dr. Joseph Watson. On this film, we talk about shows, uh, shows. On this film, we talk about films and show. We have, shows make their way into the conversation, but our main thrust and focus is on film. Uh, like I just said, this week we are looking at the uh, the uh, uh, unpleasant. This is the unpleasant jobs episode. Uh, we're looking at contract killer films. Two films in particular: The Killer 
2023 David Fincher's latest offering starring Michael Fassbender. And then we're going to go back to 1994 and look at Leon, Leon, the professional from Luke Besson with Jean Reno, Natalie Portman and Gary Oldman. Uh, how do you want to get started this week? Do you like Beethoven, Jeff? Um, <laughs> and and empathy is weakness, right? So we can we can we can we can bounce off those two. Uh, I think those two thematics, right? Let me guess. You're delivering food. <laughs> is it Chinese or Italian? <laughs> Gary, let's uh, so let's start with the professional. Um, okay, I, yeah, I, sure. I, yeah, I I just just because Jill and I could not stop talking about how Gary Oldman as the titular villain in this in this film received no direction whatsoever and was just allowed to do what looks like whatever the fuck he wanted. Is, is that, is that a fair assessment? Joey? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, it's, I mean, come on, that performance is just golden, right? I mean, uh, it's, he's chewing the scenery, right? It's beautiful. Uh, you know, and I, I just, uh, I love it, you know, just check out Brahms too. You probably like him, you know. Um, uh, I just I love his um, I love his character. It's it's it's, it's delicious. Um, and so, yeah, you got. I mean, he, and it's ruthless, right? I mean, this this yeah. film is a professional is brutal, right? So it's um, it's a, so the professional is about twelve year old Matilda who is played by Natalie Portman, her first uh, film role, yeah, correct. Uh, and she is reluctantly taken in by. Uh, uh, Leon, who is a professional assassin, after Matilda's uh, family is murdered, and Leon, you know, sort of observes all this, and there's this wonderful moment where she's trying to, you know, get into his apartment, you know, to to escape the killers, right? Uh, and he just like just reluctantly like lets her in, right? But it's it's such a metaphor for the unusual relationship, you know, that develops uh, between protege and you know because she kind of becomes uh, uh his uh, his apprentice in a way right uh she learns the assassin's mode and trade I so. I am a cleaner I clean <laughs> I drink milk and I clean So how does this one hold up uh you know in the Well in, the, the, in, yeah this 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 is an obvious at least to me it's an obvious homage to Melville right like it's it's a tip of the hat to like Le Samurai or Le Cirque de Rouge um, with more sentimentality attached to it, uh, with more accessibility. Um, although I, I have to say, like, it it kind of weakens the legacy of Melville, what he was trying to do with the assassin, right? Like to 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 show the you know, the boredom, the despair, the, and, and the killer does this as well. You know, Fincher yeah. tips his hat with Melville as well. So, I mean, you just can't, you can't ignore those suite of films that he did, you know, as far as he laid the groundwork for what we know today as sort of the existential assassin, like, or the existential killer. And, you know, it's what didn't the French new wave do in a lot of ways to, you know, to sort of pave the way to, to, to still like, filmmakers that are worth their salt you know that yeah. want to try to you know to make a stamp on things and i think with the professional you know he basson had already done la femme nikita 
and sort of put his stamp on it. And this is just sort of an extension of Lefemme Nikita, really. You know, it's looking at the male instead of the female. And and, and, and you think that's fair? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I what do, do, do you do you like Basson or do you think or do you think he's just too too over the top? Oh, I don't think. Well, I mean, I, I I think that that's a fair criticism, right? I mean, if you yeah. look at these two films in comparison, yeah. one is talking about empathy as weakness, and the professional is all about demonstrating how empathy is is you know makes him weaker and of course you know we know how it ends right for uh for uh leon um so where this kind of falls for me i think la femme nakita is probably even more stylized than this oh, one yeah. i felt like yeah i mean i felt like this one i mean particularly with like the use of color or you know um you know it, it, the way the action sequences are you know put together this one is uh to me seemed uh much grittier it's more realistic i remember seeing this in the theaters um mm -hmm. and being like completely uh, like gary Ullman was amazing right and he's you know uh followed by this tremendous new talent that we had in natalie portman where it was like well this you know you know this woman is amazing right like she's mm -hmm. she's gonna have a legacy right and obviously she ended up uh following through on that so uh i i don't know if i can remember the first time that i saw the the merging of kind of the French new wave compositional style, the handheld stuff, mm -hmm. you know, um, the dirty OTS shots, you know, that mixed in with sort of an assassin's like mm. plight or philosophy, right? Like, right. Um, this was one of the first movies that I think I remember seeing that fused those two styles together, and I just remember thinking, this is a real action flick right like we're really sort of getting a behind the scenes look at what you know employment of this kind would yeah. look like and how these people would live and and, yeah. and interact in the world right but don't you think that the 90s wave of french directors your genos your bassons your uh uh leo corral you know they didn't really have an interest in grittiness in my opinion like they were they were always going for style like it was always, you know, putting a visual stamp on something, you know, and, 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 you know, Jeannot and, and Basson are very, very similar in that. I think that they, they, they wanted unique stylistics over, yeah. they would sacrifice realism for it. And for sure, there are plenty of moments in the professional where we sacrifice you know, realism for over the top John Woo-esque, you know. Right. But that, know. but, but let's face it, that, that I'm, I, I want to point to a specific sequence where that's beautifully done. And it's that Beethoven sequence, right? It's the raid of the apartment where he goes in and you do have this kind of musical stylized rhythm that develops mm -hmm. from that sequence. But, uh, but those gunshots are harsh. That blood yes. is harsh. Like that, that, I mean, that is, you don't the have to show women that. women and children is harsh. You don't have to show that, right? So that to well, me is that's like, interesting. wow, this is gritty. This is real, you know, this is, this is hardcore. Like I think it's stuff, just, right? I think it's just in this cut, in the extended cut that we got to see it. I mm -hmm. don't remember seeing the explicitness in the theatrical cut. And I well, might it be wasn't mistaken. there. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just, you know, 
Yeah, a lot of that stuff had been toned down, right? Because it's because it's quite brutal. I mean, that that scene alone is 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 pretty brutal. I mean, blowing Um, her head out the back of the bathtub is is, you know, yeah. Yeah. And 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 for for listeners, we watched it's there's no director's cut of the film. It's just called the extended version of the film. Basan doesn't feel like he made a director's cut. It's just this is about 30 minutes longer. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's what we're referencing just in case you're watching along or, or you're curious because the, the, the American cut of the film, which is just the professional, um, is, is vastly different. So, yeah, but anyway, continue your point. I'm sorry. I just want yeah, to, no, 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 that's all. That's what, yeah. just, just that, that, um, you know, that you get sequences like that apartment siege, mixed in with those quiet moments that are very French new wave where they're just sitting at a breakfast table and there's that sort of flat uh, apartment wall. Like, you know, I mean, it's just something straight out of like masculine feminine, you know, where all you have is just the, you know, the two people sitting there having coffee and smoking cigarettes, you know, Um, it, (laughs) it, it it has those, those quiet French moments, right. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. That, that we see in those new wave films. So, um, so yeah, I just I I think that's probably one of the things that appealed to me about it was that it it seemed like it was trying to um appreciate its its origins but also um at the same time uh you know find uh, find a style like find a you know um uh, a, a way to make it stylish um yeah. and and self which would speak to the auteur you know ethos of the French right like I'm going to make it my way I'm going to put my little signature on it um uh, in, in some kind of way. So, uh, yeah, I, I also thought about um, this movie, uh, revisiting it again reminded me a lot uh, as well of uh, Shoot the Piano Player, uh, Truffaut. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shoot oh, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, so um, I, I really appreciated it even more, I think, in a revisit than I had, uh, you know, originally. I was like, I would put this on a, on a best of 90s list, like a, a movie to. Well, yeah. To I mean, see. it's, it's, it's a, good it's a good comparison film when you put it up against the quote-unquote the american action films of the time and in the american action wave this was near the end of the height of its that's right that's right you know we're coming up on things like last action hero we're coming up on things like demolition man we're coming up on basically the the genre eating itself yes um as it is as it had it had reached it had reached the apex that it could only parody itself, um, which is what you get with Schwarzenegger and Stallone and and uh, even Van Damme to a reason when he was he started doing those Hong Kong movies and yeah. playing his own twin and you yeah. know, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. just teaming with Rob Schneider. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's just it reached a level where it just bottomed out. And I think that part of maybe two at the time what made the professional very popular among not only film critics, but I think audiences was just like, it was like a breath of fresh air, even though it Mm -hmm. was reestablishing a genre that had previously, it just had been a while, I guess is, 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 is my best, you know, is my best guess at it. Yeah. Well, that we know that these things come in cycles, you know, um, and uh, and and probably what you'll find is like a standout, right? Somebody who has put a signature on it, and I think that this movie is probably asterisk because uh, Basson has has given us other films, so we obviously look at you know his canon, but at the same time, 
time, I think uh, people point to this for Natalie Portman's performance, mm -hmm. um, as well as Gary Oldman's performance. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that uh, uh, people look at those as well as as sort of standouts from the crop of stuff that we were getting, you know, during this particular particular time. But, you you know, it's cool because it's like much like uh, Fassbender. You know, Jean Jean Renault was a different kind of, you know, because this is the same guy that did the Pink Panther movies, right? I mean, right. you know, so he did physical comedy as well, right? But I mean, you know, he's not the Stallone Schwarzenegger hard body as well, right? So you're right. seeing that that casting choice be different as well, um, in in what we're representing and how we're changing that kind of that 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 story. Um so yeah, I, I, I like the professional. I stand by it. But where I was going with that was look at the, you know, and we'll get there. But like, look at the body, like Fassbender's body. Right. It's just so like it's sculpted. It's it's, yo yes. it's yogi. It's a yes. yogi's body. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it's not Schwarzenegger and it's not, you know, it's no, no, not no. What, what we grew up with. Right. It's, but it's, it's a but it's a finely tuned killing machine. Right. You right. know, and Le Leon, you know, drinks milk and does unbelievable amount of sit-ups like yeah. <laughs> you know to stay to keep his body to keep his body uh in shape um well of course we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the relationship uh there's still you know even natalie portman has kind of distanced herself from it um as i was reading this week she really yeah. doesn't comment on it too much um but you know at the end of the day this is a love story between a uh, 12-year-old girl and a 30-something-year-old uh, man, I guess we can safely assume. We don't really know how old Leon is um, in the film. But, you know, I mean, the, the the very last time they see each other, he tells her, I love you, you know, and that's not a fatherly love he's talking about. It's It's, I love you and I will see you on the other side of things and we'll go away and start a life and you know all these things you know you 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 have a young daughter i have to ask i mean how did this did this yeah. well of course you know i mean uh obviously it doesn't happen um uh but you, you, the intent is there right so um we talk about how i think it's it's one of the aspects of the film that bothers me because initially I, w I wanted to read it as a, a like a father daughter kind of thing you or know? mentor mentee you know so right right and that you know that was cool but then you know the the movie does go there it's a very I, I i don't know if it's fair to say this but i feel like it's an extremely french move to do that right i mean it just it generates all kinds of like you know, uh, I mean, we could talk about Woody Allen or Roman Polanski or all, you know, uh, these, these issues extend to, you know, larger subjects. But um, well, well, Bassan, this was also the, this. He did. Right. He uh, married his 15, 16 year old girlfriend when he was yeah. like 30, 30 yeah. something. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> look, it's definitely there um, yeah. and it's definitely there at the end. Um, it's uh, it's it's not something that i think that you know i, I mean I, I i can't understand that um mm -hmm. you know uh th that kind of a uh, that kind of a connection or rapport and i certainly felt like in the movie is is building in different ways i don't i don't i mean do you think that it was 
ever portrayed uh, where it is the, how, if I'm not so you have to cut all this down I'm sorry I'm trying not to think of the right I'm trying to think of the right question um no no just riff man <laughs> is the is the are the scenes between them because I, I wasn't really thinking of it in that way but now I guess I should watch it and like try to frame it in that way <laughs> is it suggested in that way like does Absolutely. it build to that yeah, I mean, she, she the way she looks at him like right from the jump, you know. Well, in the obviously she has. I mean, obviously yes. There's. I, I mean, I I can read that like that. She has that sort of misplaced affection, um, you know, uh, and um, I guess daddy issues or whatever they would well, sure. they would okay. say today uh, to stereotype it. But like, um, I started reading it though as just like father daughter, like mentor. So so that that component to me always felt weird mm-hmm. um i've only seen this movie twice now i think and the uh, first time i didn't see no i've seen it three times now yeah. but this this i i don't know i just um that bothers me i yeah. i think natalie portman said when i or the stuff that i read she said that she was definitely aware that her body was being sexualized oh god yes right Right. Um, and that she had an that she at her age had an awareness of that and that it did read uncomfortable, right? Like mm-hmm. at times. So yes. I don't I did not find any like sorted scathing details about any kind of abuse or any, you know, any No, no, no. And it there there's none in the script and there's none in the on the on the in the actual film. It is right, right. At the end of the day, it is innuendo and also you know but like i said he does it the the actual love declaration does happen you yeah. know at in his final at the moments end, yeah, with yeah, her. yeah 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 so i mean so it's just like, so uh, i guess maybe for me the the other movie that i'm thinking of that sort of addresses this but i but that somehow navigates the lines way differently is something like a uh, pretty baby uh louis miles oh, film God, from yes. the early that's 80s i mean Brooke shields that's a rough film oh, that is but but similar context in the sense that you know the age of the actress you know how they're being you know uh represented um her mother being on set and being i mean i mean that's just that's a whole legacy within itself so i guess we could put this movie at least on a list in conversation with movies like pretty baby as questionable because of those components. Right. Well, again, but this, this, this brings up the question about <clears throat> when you're dealing with art or you're dealing with, with creation stories, you know, to say that these sorts of things don't occur, these sorts of relationships don't occur. Is it a disservice, you know, or, you know, again, making people, confront you know that these things happen in life you know not not to be ignorant about you know that there are relationships between probably 13 year old girls and 27 year old men you know what i mean it's 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 well you can't you can't completely sanitize you know story avenues i suppose even if they make you uncomfortable Right. 
well especially when there's a, a a film like pretty baby in that context where it's you know it's it's representing a historical period where you know <laughs> where those Young kinds girls of were things, made yeah, yeah, yes. yeah 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 and sold off you know and 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 and, and it and, still and, exists and, today yeah so know. it's not you know yeah i don't think that we should necessarily um you know be scared to talk about those things it just i know it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and it should, but it's, but it's, but you're right. It's a reality. Um, it's a reality of today that those things exist in various forms for sure. Well, well, but also, you know, too, with, with, with this film, with the professional, um, with its questionable material, you know, even put aside, we're, we're still left with a film here that, that is unique in the canon as far as saying, uh, and, and I'm kind of doing a summation with it that you know this film deserves its kudos for being a part of the of the of the lone hitman you know genre yeah, of film. yeah sure you know, sure it, 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 it at the end of that so that so so it's fair for us to 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 sort of stamp this film and say do you know i i feel like i'd want people to watch it i i think it's i think it's an entertaining film so i mean i, I still think it's an entertaining film i think i think it holds up extremely well yeah i agree and and to be honest with you, the the genesis of picking this particular movie, because let's face it, this genre is littered with really, really great, you know, films. I mean, there's a lot of ones that we could have chosen. I really came back to this idea of the killer and that idea of empathy as weakness. And so that's what triggered me because I went, oh, my God, well, Leon is all about how, yes, empathy will eventually lead to your that's what Di to Danny your Aiello tries to tell yeah, him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how great is Danny Aiello, man? Like how he's they must have they must have shot him over like two days. Yeah, they you probably had him like, for like two days. Yeah. yeah he's, in that restaurant, the yeah, same, yeah. the same, <laughs> the same place. Doing his shtick, man. I just <laughs> he's so good though. He's so good. Um, yeah. So I so I was trying to put it in conversation uh mm -hmm. with Fincher's movie because um uh because of the 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 varying sort of perspectives on not just that that concept of empathy as weakness but uh but the represent how far the representation of this character in this genre of filmmaking like how far it's gone mm -hmm. where are we at because maybe we can segue into the killer with this but uh, the yeah. killer exhausted me well hang, hang on hang on let me Let's before we get into the killer, I, I do want to ask you a que this, this question. Don't you think it's odd that Kubrick never did a hitman film? Like it, it just seems like it would be something that would have been right up his alley, but yet he never found the right project. You know, you know, you know what I mean for it. I've always been very curious about if he had, if he had stayed on, you know, why he never did the, the contract killer film. I think um, the closest thing we'll ever get to that is Memento. No, no. Well, well, Memento is, but that's that's not a Kubrick film. I know oh, you're but saying, it's, but it is the most it's Kubrick esque. It's the most Kubrick esque that we can get to something like that. I think that's the first thing that pops into my head because I'm like, well, Kubrick's gone, and it is sad that there's probably a lot of stories that we would have liked to have seen him tell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have seen him do Napoleon, right? Um, which is about to come out as well, but um, 
Yeah, I, I that's probably the, the the first movie that popped into my head because I I think that you know Nolan does that a lot, pays you know a lot of homage to Kubrick, as do a lot of directors. But like particularly with that one, I'm like, well, that has a Kubrick style and it is kind of contract killery, and but not in the sense of like. I mean, in from a stylized sense, I guess, like mm-hmm. uh, I know where you're going with this. The the killer is like a casebook study in cinematography. Like you can and and most of Fincher's work is, right? You can sit down and just teach compositional theory from everything from lighting to uh mise en scène, however, whatever phrase you want to put on it, right? But it's compositional theory. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the best. I mean, he's just one of the best at at understanding the concepts of contrast and affinity and in and, and his visual language. And the killer is another fantastic example. I mean, every shot is just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh still we'll, exhausting we'll use, me. <laughs> and we'll use that as our segue here. Uh we're lonely <laughs> PhDs. I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hazes, Dr. Joseph Watson. We just got done talking about Leon the Professional from 1994, directed by Luke Besson. We now segue into our second film about the contract hitman that we've just been talking about, The Killer, fresh to Netflix, 2023, David Fincher with Michael Fassbender. Um, not again, not much set up here. It's about a contract killer that uh his hit goes wrong. And then uh then a set of circumstances sends him uh kind of on the revenge trip. Uh so you know, once again, we've got a different viewpoint of methodology. Uh, we get to see, we get to, we live exclusively through Michael Fassbender's, well, pretty much voiceover, his inner thoughts, you know, through this, uh, through this film. In fact, I don't think we hear him utter a word until he says something like shit or so like when he messes up, I think is the first time we hear him actually say something, he goes shit like that. Like he knows, he knows when he misses his shot, um, that, that sets off the, the chain of events, but, um, so you you said that the film exhausts you, right? And is that just because of composition, or is it because it's it's the story? I mean, you unpack that. What I mean, and and I'll get into it too as you go. So because I, I I ended up watching the film twice, like I I had to watch it again. Like most Fincher films, I had to watch it again just to make sure I'm like checking all my you know internal boxes and going like am i sure i saw that was that you know and of course i'm like well of course i saw that what what was i trying to convince myself otherwise you know when the entire movie is someone talking (laughs) like this almost (laughs) in asr asmr yeah entire time it yeah no it so uh yeah, no, I the, I think there was extreme clarity in the visual language and in the narrative. We've seen this movie before, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the only reason to watch it is if you're, you know, not too overexposed to this kind of genre storytelling. Or if you are a big Fincher fan and you, you like the style, right? Because... Um, there isn't necessarily anything in the killer that surprised me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's again. And when you, I would ask people to go back and revisit 
like Melville's films about hitmen. And yeah. you will see, it's just like, there's nothing. There's a there's formula too. <laughs> about the formula. You know, it's just like, it's, it's care. It's at the end of the day, it's character study. Um, and trying to understand who this, this person is. And in our case with our, our, our hitman in this film that Fassbender plays, I mean, this is just a nasty son of a bitch, you know, who has no problems doing his job. In fact, he's the, what is it? He says, he says, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, and he really doesn't and shows it time and time again throughout the film. Empathy is weakness. Empathy um, is weakness. Yeah. Uh yeah, I I I think um I okay, so just from a personal standpoint, I've been really irritated with Fincher. And so I, I think there was part of me that rejected. Is this because this. of Mank? <laughs> no, um, I I really I okay, I mean, I just for me anyway, Fincher was doing such incredible work on that show, Mindhunter. Yes. And uh it was just so good. And um, you know, it had a huge fan base, and um, and then it just stopped, right? And and he went and started doing other stuff. A lot of his fans, myself included, are like, "These other movies, great, Dave. Can, can, do you think you could go back to do another season of Mindhunter? You know, like let, let, let's mm-hmm. let's extend that story." So that's just personal. I'll get over that because I watched the movie. So, but but what I saw was just. Um, a lot of repetition of motifs and styles and and mm. you know methodologies. And I'm not saying that the genre has exhausted itself, but it maybe I am exhausted with it mm-hmm. after going through that because all of it works. It's a really cool movie. Like I would certainly recommend it, but it exhausted me. And I think it was just because I've just seen that story a lot. And so the mm-hmm. only reason I'm watching it is to watch it for a style. Mm-hmm. And to maybe and to maybe be surprised, like it was kind of like okay, now it's going to be a revenge story, and so it kind of flips, and so now you know that you know it has some twists and turns that I think are interesting, especially if you're like really kind of new to the genre, like and you're really kind of you know not as familiar with the formula, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, were Were you shocked by by the decision to have no mercy? I you know I I think that that. I think that that's what might annoy or piss a lot of people off if they watch this is that they're expecting a conventional sort of 180. You know what I mean? In in the character to show some kind of, you know, mercy or empathy. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's kind of like when you're waiting to see if Leon's going to open the door, right, uh, for right. her. Um, and, mm-hmm. and no, I because I knew it, this is a David Fincher movie, so I'm like, he's he he's going to make a choice here and it's going to be like, you know, beaten into my head and 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 i don't mean that in a negative way but like he's just a very clear he's not going to go that way and so i i just in some ways i would have felt extremely violated if it had flipped and he had all of a sudden like because we get the fact that he has humanity to him because he has his relationship yes that he's that generates the whole (laughs) really arc of the movie right Mm -hmm. is that is that foundational relationship right um so we already have we already know there's some humanity in him and so some of that brutality and lack of empathy when he's on the trail to you know to uncover the pieces i you know in some ways it's like the old justified kind of thing you know um like i'm i'm cool with it also Take he him doesn't out. he doesn't kill the dog 
Of course not. The dog always lives. You know that. Yeah. Well, that's an old. I know. I know. But if we're playing by old Hollywood rules. That you, you know, you want to keep an. You can't kill the side. dog. No, you the dog's got to live. Dog. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I thought it was an interesting character choice. You know, because it's just like, does that mean that he has a policy? Does he have the no women, no children, no dog, no animals policy? I mean, we never really get to that. You know, Leon at least establishes that where he's like, no women, no children. Right. You know, right. Um, and that's like the unbreakable rule, you know, that, right. that can't happen. You know, I didn't get that vibe from this particular killer, but then he forgives no. the dog. It, 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 you know, instead of shooting the dog, he could have easily shot the dog, you know, when he was leaving, when he was fleeing, but he chooses not to. And I, I just, I, I don't mean to get hung up on this, but I just, I couldn't let it go. Like, I was just like, why did he leave the fucking dog alive? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's that old adage, you can't kill the dog. No, but you're right in the sense that it, it is a character inconsistency. Like if he doesn't give a shit about people, then why why would he why? care about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that that was one thing that bothered me. Um, the other thing that bothered me was like that there are people that know about him. Like obviously the brother of his partner knows about him and it's just like yeah. i know what you do but i don't want to get too involved i'm just like right really? right right you know what he does right right I'm like it, that's it, yeah you know it's like to what extent do you know because if you do know then you're going to get off too just like you know uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's just you're in danger as well you know that's the old adage you know nobody can know what you do i'm a cleaner right i'm a you know it's some sort of you you <laughs> you know, coded way of letting people mm -hmm. know, you know, I'm in sanitation, Jeff, we're in sanitation, you know, I mean, there's got to be some sort of like cover for it because those people want to protect the ones that they love because if they expose them, then they become vulnerable. Right. I mean, that's the whole sort of, but, but at the end of the day, they, the only person they truly love is themselves. Ah, yes. I mean, don't yes. you, I, he's, he's, he, you know, his, his, <laughs> His love of the Smiths was really fascinating to me. <laughs> like I couldn't quite put my finger on that other than, I mean, I, my wife and I huge Smiths fans. We love the Smiths. I just couldn't put my finger on why the Smiths could you like, no, yeah. no. And I have a fondness for the Smiths, but um, I, I just, I, I figured that it, that there might be something behind Everybody's it. I just got didn't, their thing. Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> uh you know you're you're you know just everybody finds their little guilty pleasure i guess and they you know they live with it but it certainly dominates the soundtrack um for sure um i what what about uh any of the supporting cast stand out to you in this um well we actors? have we have our like big hitter moment with tilda swinton right like the we have our monologue our one monologue right uh, really that happens in this film is when he goes and confronts her and she knows time's up, you know? Um, <clears throat> and I really, maybe I was just being thick. I don't know. I didn't get the analogy of the joke that she tells. Like I was like the bear joke, you know, the bear fucker joke, like, Oh, Oh, yeah. you know, that, I, I I was just like, okay, yeah. So what's the what exactly is the analogy here? Well, like, I guess the analogy there is, uh, um, you know, um, 
you fuck around and find out, you know, or you, you, you know, you, or, or it, you know, I also thought about that too, in the sense it's like, oh, well then I guess what, what we learned from that is that the bear really liked, you know, or the, the hunter really liked really getting, getting screwed over by, by the bear. bear. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so, you know, so I'm like, okay, well that, you know, that, that changes the context too, but she, that sequence is so nice, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, it's coming, right. I mean, you know, it's coming. Well, all the confrontations are coming at, at like, some point. It's just a, so it becomes a question of of how you know because you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, he's he's definitely our protagonist, right? So we're gonna we're gonna follow him around through the through the story. Uh, uh, but so he's not going anywhere. He's not gonna die. This isn't Leon, right? Uh, so um, uh, you know, this guy actually gets to live out his dreams at the end of this movie. He, <laughs> right. he gets. He gets justice and he gets his relationship and, and, uh, you know, uh, by the ocean. Uh, so, uh, it breaks kind of the, the code, uh, of the early 1930s as well, you know, where, um, you know, the gangster or the killer or the, the deviant, the criminal could not be seen as winning at the end of the day in any yes, way. Yes, they must have come up. Right? They, they, they have to, to say. they have to have their comeuppance and, you know, we're going to jail, you know. Um, yeah, I've had a change of heart, and I do it again. <laughs> you know, you got. They won't you be got, doing that. Not from the jail. Yeah, you won't be doing any bear fucking from the jail, sir. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, and, and and I I found fascinating about this too, as you were talking about earlier. You know, Fincher has a specific color tint to his movies it's a steelish gray blue uh is how it's the best way i can describe it to people if you watch and he's kept that now going back all the way would you say it dominates the palette of of all of his films or did it really start a little bit later i can't just just from off the top of my dome i i i i want to go back as far as to to alien three but i i can't be for sure for sure i mean alien 3 is the one where i was like oh wow who is this frencher dude he's amazing <laughs> right right because of that style yeah i i would say it's always been there um you know e- even from his early work uh mm-hmm. i can remember him just being um you know committed to it you know um and i well, guess he was, he was a music video director yeah i mean i guess mm-hmm. it just kind of stemmed out of i mean anybody most everybody who who came out of music video work you know or or even advertising work to a large extent has really sort of contributed to visual language and cinema for a long time i mean you know ridley mm-hmm. scott or uh tony scott uh and um you know michael bay and uh you know these these uh these folks who've, who've really created like you go to these movies because you expect uh that color palette you know now he he uh you know i don't know does that make him boring or does that make him an auteur uh ooh. well that's a that's that's an essay question right there <laughs> um no i i think it i think it gives you i mean that's like saying like that's the same uh 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 you can give that the wes anderson question you know mm-hmm. i mean it's just like what what are you going to do with that does it make you an auteur does it make it you know I, I don't find, and I have read, I read reviews of the killer that said that they found the movie to be boring, that they found the movie to be a bit, you know, 
uh, on on too 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 methodical, too mm-hmm. too cold. I'll use the word cold, although I I don't quite understand it when when reviewers use the word cold. Um, I'm just like, really, that translated cold? Um, not not quite sure what you're doing there. <laughs> um, but uh, um, I. I was thinking about Collateral, the the man film about the hitman with mm-hmm. Tom Cruise plays the hitman mm-hmm. uh, with Jamie Foxx driving him driving mm-hmm. him around, and I I think Collateral is a much more accessible type of hitman film, mm-hmm. um, with the same brutality. I, I I think that it it has has its own style, and again, Michael Mann's a stylist. You know, he uh-huh. has a very visual. Uh, palette as well but you know fincher (laughs) and again i had to watch this film twice to sort of make it click in my head you know that it's just like you either buy into the methodology of this film or you don't Mm -hmm. you know that this is a film this has this is almost this is almost meta about our ultimate one of our ultimate film tacticians you know putting you through the paces. This yeah. is what my life is like. Mm-hmm. My life is like, you know, repetition, 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 you know, doing the same things over and over and over again until I achieve a perfection. Now, what's more interesting to me about that is like, I don't, I think that's a fault. There's a false uh, uh, logic in looking at it that way, because then, then you have to ask David Fincher, well, what did you miss? Uh, because <laughs> the, what sets the hitman off in this film is that he misses his target and he kills someone else, you know, right. and, and this sets up all the, all the, all the awfulness. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just thought it, I I've read a couple pieces online that were trying to go there with that. And I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. What do, I mean, what do you think? Uh, is, is this a, a meta methodological film for him? Oh, I don't know. That's giving it an awful lot of credit. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I, I'm sure that, um, uh, you know, there's probably some more depths there to, to, to pull out of it. But my first go around with it, I really just thought it was a really great genre film that fits in with Fincher's style. And, um, you know, uh, I, I didn't really read too much. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's meta yeah. in that way. I just, I, I, you would have a hard time sustaining that, that, um, uh, that argument, um, you know, beyond just that singular moment. I mean, I, I just think that, it was really exactly what I expected, which I think makes it like the ultimate genre film, but also at the same time, the ultimate auteur film, because it's like, I didn't just know what content was. I knew it was going to be this person's like signature style of this story. So the story's not necessarily anything new, mm-hmm. but um, I, I will say this. Where does the meta argument fall on his use of the little Easter eggs from the aliases that he uses through the whole movie? Because there's Felix, (laughs) there's George Jefferson. I mean, there's like, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. Well, maybe that comes from the source material, the graphic novel. Yeah, I think so. That's all I can think think of. Uh, Were you familiar with this graphic novel? I was not. I was was doing some reading on it this week. I've never read it, but it's it's got many, many, many volumes. Uh, Apparently, it's very popular uh, uh, in France. 
the the creators are French. So there's a there's a shocker. <laughs> go figure, right? Go go figure. Is this is this upper fincher for you or lower fincher? Lower like fincher. You, this is lower fincher. Like yes. what's the comparable to say lower fincher here? Uh I would put it somewhere between um I don't know, let's say Fight Club and mm-hmm. Seven. Like it's in mm-hmm. or no, the, not seven, the game. Like it's it's yeah. it's between like the game and uh yeah. Is that yeah. Andrew Kevin Walker's fault? Who who wrote the screenplay for this? Uh I I don't know. I mean, what, what, what well, I, I say know. fault, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't mean the word fault. I just, I just mean having them, they had worked on seven and I know he did some script doctoring for him. So, I mean, y- you know, well, that's a connection I was unaware of. So maybe that does definitely play into at least how I feel about it reception because the, the, one of the things that I felt about it at times was that it was too verbose. Like there was just too much narration Mm -hmm. um, and how, how just chopping some of that down and just letting me be in the sense of the moment without the, Mm -hmm. you know, the monologue, those, some of those things were missed. I, because those other movies seven, Mm -hmm. as well as the game also have, I think some pretty, some pretty specific narrative points of view in that way so it could be a writer issue because the style certainly didn't change i mean like i said before like it's a casebook study like i could i could set five or ten students in or whatever in a room and say only watch this movie because you're only going to watch the way the shots are framed and the way the camera is moving and the way people you know i mean and you would be able to have, you know, eight to 10 excellent cinematography points about how to shoot a movie. You know, I mean, it's brilliantly done. It's executed mm-hmm. beautifully. Um, story exhausted me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, maybe it, it, it is it, this writer. Maybe maybe it is this writer because I do put it on par with those films. I mean, I like those films, mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily love them. You know, yeah. I think Panic Room is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zodiac is great. Um, oh, and it's like that's all time right there like zodiac yeah, i mean and zodiac you know. is probably one of his more underappreciated movies maybe yeah. i don't know like um i i think hardcore fincher fans love it but um you know if you're just getting into fincher and you notice that you know you're looking at his body of work like he's done some really great films um so but they're you know gone girl is still like really you put that up there you, oh, I love Gun way up there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. That's one of those things where it's just it's his style matched with that content. Beautiful. Yeah, and it was a Excellent huge movie. Hit. I mean, and it turned out some people really liked that film. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess see, I put I put Gun Girl uh, in the lesser camp for me. So I mean, oh, that's I, interesting. Well, yeah. I, do you like the Social Network? Like, do you? I mean, you. I think the Social Network is 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 this really weird outlier. Like, I I I. I don't know where to put it. I, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's, and I think that's just antipathy I have towards real life people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just hard for me to watch that film and, and not feel now feel angry uh, uh, about the way the world has turned out and, yeah. and, and knowing that they've had a hand in shaping that 
you know, and that's no fault of Fincher's or, or, or anyone's. It's just like that. It, it, I mean, you want to talk about a difficult movie for me to watch. It's, it's definitely this, it's that one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so at the end of the day, do you recommend the killer? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, and, and it, because it's one of those things where if, if somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm interested in, in, and watching movies by this guy named David Fincher, right? I would say, oh yeah, watch The Killer, right? Or if somebody came up to me and said, you know, um, what's the most recent like kind of slow burn uh, assassins killer movie? You know, I'd be like, oh, this is the one, right? This is the one to watch. You know, this is the one you wanna you wanna see. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it, but I don't. I don't think overall it's gonna go down as one of Fincher's like you know most memorable. Agreed. Uh, uh, yeah. Movies, but um, but yeah, it's good. I mean, he does great work. I mean, he does great work. So as soon as I saw that he was coming out with something, it was like, where is my new season of Mindhunter? But then I was also like, okay, I'll watch it. You know, because I, I do, I like his work a lot. He does really good work. You greedy, greedy man. I know, I know, I know. No, Mindhunter I was great. I know. I feel the same way so about good. Mindhunter, but it's never coming back. It's I know. <laughs> it's just I've I've given up the ghost on Mindhunter. I know. I just need to accept it. I know. I we'll we'll never get our BTS uh uh killer season. That was Such that's what we were going towards. Such a shame. Such a shame indeed. Uh you can contact us a number of ways. You can email us lonelyphds at gmail.com. If you would so kindly please uh subscribe, rate, and uh, uh comment on the show through Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you get your podcasting needs done. If you'd like to join us over at Discord, click on that link in our show notes and you would be very welcome because we love people who come over to the Discord and want to uh share in the fun as it is uh, for all the posting that we do over there. And until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. I'm Dr. Joseph Watson. We'll see you then.